This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. You might assume we're both good at presenting to a live audience because of this podcast. But at the end of the day, when we record, it really feels like we're just talking to one another. Presenting information in person in a formal setting to a large audience is something that still makes us really nervous. To prepare for a live speaking event we're hosting together, we turn to our masterclass subscription to not only refine our presentation skills, but to build our confidence in a different kind of public speaking capacity. Between Robin Roberts, Hillary Clinton, and Kevin Hart's expertise, our confidence skyrocketed. This year, learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Don't just talk about improving. Masterclass helps you actually do it. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master negotiate with Chris Voss, think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or plan your dream wedding with celebrity event planner Mindy Wise, Masterclass has you covered. There are over 200 classes to pick from with new classes added every month, like our latest aha moments from Robin Roberts' effective and authentic communication class that we watched before our event presentation. She taught us how to establish a genuine connection with the audience from the start. I'll always be a little nervous before presenting, but Masterclass prepared us in a way that dialed my nerves down and gave me tools to ground myself. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. And right now, our listeners get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Get 50% off right now at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. I'm Emily Beerley. And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're licensed marriage and family therapists and owners of the Therapy Group. We're on a mission to make therapy and therapeutic topics more relatable and accessible. So stay tuned, because in order to grow yourself, you gotta know yourself. Hey all, it's Emily here with a little pre-episode intro and shorter warning. On today's episode, we discuss psychedelic-assisted therapy with my very own ketamine therapist, Jenny Weiner. In this episode, we're also going to discuss suicidal ideation. If this topic doesn't feel safe for you or just isn't your jam, we'll invite you to skip this one. If you are dealing with suicidal thoughts, please know that you're not alone. There's so many options and resources out there for you. You can check out our show notes for more info about how to access those. Without further ado, here's today's episode of Shrink Chicks. Hello and welcome to Shrink Chicks. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. Okay. Jenny. All right. So today is a very special episode. Today we have the most amazing someone who has become a very fond place in my heart in most recent months, Jenny Weiner of Homebody Therapy, who is a psychedelic assisted therapist and does my ketamine assisted psychotherapy. So I will disclose that so she does not get put in in an uncomfortable HIPAA situation. (laughs) Jenny is someone I work with once a month for ketamine treatment. And she's here today to talk all about psychedelics. You are trained in this. I think that this is the future. But holy shit, Jenny, thank you for coming on. The end of our last treatment is when I was like, Jenny, do you think you would ever come on Shrink Chicks? <laughs> and you said yes. So thank you for being here thank today. Thank you. I can't tell you how bad we wanted you to come on Shrink Chicks uh-huh. because we have so many questions. I really want to get into kind of your perspective and also Emily's perspective as the client. 
So first, Jenny, tell us a little bit about what ketamine-assisted psychotherapy is. Give us like the lay of the land. Yes, absolutely. And first of all, just thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. And, you know, ketamine is a substance that's been around a long time. It's a safe, FDA-approved legal substance. It's been used in human and veterinary medicine for decades as an anesthetic. But we've realized in you know recent years that at lower doses, so at sub-anesthetic doses, ketamine produces psychedelic properties. Now, technically, you'll hear people say ketamine is not a psychedelic, it's a dissociative anesthetic. So we can get into sort of the weeds there, but it has psychedelic properties at lower doses. And we can use that to really catalyze sort of the internal growth process and help relieve people from some of those more sort of rigid or obsessive patterns of thinking from really deep levels of depression and start to use that again, to to just really sort of leverage the therapeutic process, get deeper than we might be able to just in normal, you know, the normal course of therapy, right? We have our defenses that come up and all of these things that are important and, you know, serve us in some ways, but can also hinder our growth and our healing. And psychedelics and ketamine in this case can be really, really beneficial in just helping to open up and facilitate that process. And so you talked about, so ketamine is legal, approved, FDA, but it's not the only substance that's used in psychedelic assisted therapy. And I think one of the, it's funny because one of the questions we repeatedly got is like, what is the deal? Is this legal? Is it not? People are confused because now I think we're throwing around these terms a lot. And um, and I should say all of us are located in Pennsylvania. Yes. Yes. So ketamine is the only fully legal substance at this time for, you know, for any of these purposes. There are other medicines that are decriminalized in certain parts of the country. There are substances that are approved for clinical trials. So MDMA, for example, is in phase three of clinical trials for PTSD with amazingly promising results. There are clinical trials with psilocybin starting to happen or that have been happening for a couple of years. But ketamine is still currently the only like fully legal option. And unfortunately, it's still an off-label treatment, meaning it's not yet, you know, ketamine is an approved substance, a legal substance, but it's not technically yet green-lighted for these purposes, which we all know, like we, medications are used off-label all the time. That's not a bad thing. It's just, you know, if anything, it just means they're giving it its due diligence, really making sure that it can hold up to these claims. So, so that is sort of the status of things right now. Wonderful. You know, a lot of the questions we got in, and we will get into all of this, there's a lot of fear around it. And so that's, you know, one of the reasons why we really wanted to do this episode is to kind of debunk some of these myths around it. And so my question for you is, who is a, is a good candidate for, for this treatment? I mean, this treatment can benefit a wide range of people, but I would say a good candidate is someone with a support system, like a system who supports them embarking on this work, right? There is a lot of sort of fear and stigma around it, and it's not really helpful to go into it feeling like ashamed and secretive. But I think more importantly, a good candidate is someone who's really looking at this as a tool to go deeper and 
who's willing to sort of explore more sort of in the shadows and more of what's like beneath the surface because this is ketamine is a really powerful medicine as all the psychedelics are but you know ketamine ketamine sort of gets a bad rap like within the rest of the psychedelic community but it's a really powerful tool and it's not just sort of like a quick and easy like you know in and out it it really sort of facilitates deeper levels of exploration so someone who's really willing to do that work now jen saw me before my first ever appointment with you i did <laughs> she came to my house before to speak about fear and that's i mean that's the number one thing people are like asking about is like well what if i see something scary or like that's what everyone's like what i what if i have this thing that i can't unsee yes. and i felt the same exact way i was at jen's house i'm like i don't know what this is gonna be like i'm like totally fucking bugging out even though you met with me beforehand and you said like listen for most people kind of not that much happens in the first session we're figuring out doses like you were so good about like being really honest and grounding with talking about it but still you, it is like scary to do something you've never done especially for so much of us that love control <laughs> not that that's me can't be you can't and be let me, me and let let me say I was like, you know, Emily was terrified before she went into her first one. And so she was coming back to my house afterwards. So I was like prepping my house for her. I was like, maybe she's going to have to lay down. I'm going to light some candles. I was like really making sure that That's she was comfortable. So, so I was I was really. And so she came back, knocked on my door. She was like, let's go to lunch. <laughs> I, was, I was so hungry. <laughs> I was like, OK, wasn't I was like, I need to that. sit outside and eat food. <laughs> But that's, a, but that's amazing. But Jenny, it's like what you talked about of like community, right? Like to say like you don't really know how you're going to feel afterwards. You're not and you can't drive afterwards. And you do this in the city of Philadelphia. I live outside the city of Philadelphia. So I was like, all right, who is someone I'm going to go to that I feel really safe with my mommy, Jen, like setting <laughs> up like she was like, you could take a bath. Like, I was like, I'll get anything. Yes. I, I, I was like, I'll leave the room, whatever you need. Oh, that's so kind and supportive. And all of those like could have been the thing, the right thing. So that was really beautiful. Yeah. Right. And I think I've seen Emily after every one of her treatments. Because now you pick me up and drive me to the beach. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, which is also amazing. But okay. So Jenny, you didn't just start with doing psychedelic assistance, psychotherapy. You were a talk therapist just like us before this. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about the difference of doing, because this it's sort of very two different models. Yeah, it is and it isn't. I, you know, I I still have a small practice of non-psychedelic therapy and my my work is focused primarily on disordered eating and body image concerns and um all within sort of a fat positive framework and that work, you know, has been so rewarding and like I really deeply love my clients and the work I do there. And as I hear from a lot of my peers, you know, I think I was becoming aware of like the limitations of what you can do talking. And I mean, you can do some amazing things in talk therapy, but, you know, I think for me, like the example that always stands out is sort of, okay, we can talk about what would it be like to not be depressed? What would, you know, what would be different in your life? What would you do differently? And like, we can use that to maybe start to lubricate things, like find areas for change, but that's like a slow, you know, that's sort of chipping away really slowly. And there are a lot of defenses that can come up and sort of block someone from going there. And what you get with ketamine is the experience of what it's like to not feel 
that way, like a break from these sort of ruminations or sort of the standard way of being in your mind. And actually having that experience, I think, opens the door in a different way than just like talking about it hypothetically can do. And, you know, psychedelics like just kept popping up. Like, I mean, I had tried a lot of stuff when I was younger, like very non-intentionally and non-therapeutically. But in recent years, like they just kind of kept popping up on my radar. I have a bunch of friends who are therapists in the Bay Area where it's decriminalized and everyone's already like freely like using everything. And yeah, it just, I just sort of found my way back to it and jumped on a training and started doing some of my own personal work with different medicines. And it just really opened things up. And I was like, I have to figure out a way to incorporate this. Anyone else feeling like the mental load of making dinner, the planning, the shopping, the prep, figuring out the timing? It's a little heavy to carry, huh? Same. That's why I am so grateful for Hungry Root. The food quality, simple recipes, true tastiness, and delivery right to my door is truly a game changer. When getting started, you take a fun, short quiz and Hungry Root will get to know you, what you like to eat, and more. Then they'll build you a personalized cart with all your grocery needs for the week and give you delicious recipe recommendations to put those groceries to use. So you can sit back, relax, and offload the many steps of meal planning. Each order is fully customizable so you can take their suggestions or choose anything you want. They've got fresh produce, high-quality meat and seafood, healthy snacks, smoothies, sweets, ready meals, kids' snacks and meals, vitamins, supplements, much more. My favorite item from my latest box was the honey citrus chopped salad, lemon pepper chicken, and the four cheese tortellini. You gotta try it for yourself. Everything from Hungry Root follows a simple standard. It's gotta taste good, be quick to make, and contain whole trusted ingredients. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Shrink Chicks listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash Shrink Chicks to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash Shrink Chicks. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. Did you know that billions of plastic hand soap and cleaning bottles end up in landfills every year? I used to contribute to that waste, constantly buying single-use plastic cleaning products without giving it much thought. But then I discovered Blue Land, and it has been a game changer. Blue Land has helped me eliminate the need for single-use plastic and the products I reach for the most. They are reinventing cleaning essentials. Their approach is simple yet revolutionary. Refillable cleaning products with a sleek design that not only looks great on your counter, but also reduces plastic waste significantly. What I love most is the convenience. With Blueland, I never worry about running out of cleaning supplies or lugging bulky bottles from the store. From hand soap to toilet bowl cleaner to laundry tablets that each smell incredible, all Blueland products are made with clean ingredients you can feel good about. I was blown away when I received my first Blueland order. I immediately filled the bottles with water and their tablets, which was so easy to try everything out. And the ingredients are clean, the scents are refreshing, and the packaging is just so cute. Blueland is trusted in over 1 million homes, including mine. If you you're ready to make a positive change for the planet without sacrificing cleanliness or convenience, Blueland has you covered. Blueland has a special offer for our listeners. Right now, get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash shrinkchicks. You won't want to miss this. Blueland.com slash shrinkchicks for 15% off. That's blueland.com slash shrinkchicks to get 15% off. And 
I think that's how I ended up finding my way to you, which is I have been in therapy since I was 12 years old. I have done so much work on myself. I do a lot of work. I still go to therapy every single week. And there was certain stuff, especially postpartum, that I I just, there was a block that talk therapy wasn't doing it. And I was like, all right, like I will try something else. And I think that's the thing is that like, until you try it and experience it, like you don't realize, I don't think I realized how bad my depression was until I started. Mm -hmm. And I definitely didn't realize how common and often and daily my suicidal ideation was. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So even in hearing both of your kind of sides of it, right, I want to hear from you, Em, because I know we talked about how scared you were going into it (laughs) (laughs) and I was there for it. But what was it like actually being in the session? And, you know, I think it's I think it'd be helpful for both of you to kind of talk through each of your sides of, you know, Jenny, how is it administered? What does that look like for you? And then um, what's what was your experience of that? All right. Uh, Jenny goes first. <laughs> OK. Um, yeah. But I am very eager to hear your side. <laughs> So I should also make a distinction here that in, so I work with a model, um, so ketamine assisted psychotherapy is a little different than ketamine infusions that you also hear about a lot. The IV infusions are sort of more of like a straight medical model, like pharmaceutical intervention. You go, you're kind of in a more medical setting, often like alone in the room, just receiving an infusion and you're out. And there are people that benefit from that and that's totally fine. The model I work with, we use either sublingual lozenges that dissolve in the mouth or intramuscular injection. There are a few people who do CAP, ketamine-assisted psychotherapy with IV, but to simplify it, I'm going to sort of make Mm. this distinction. So all of this happens like within the context of a therapeutic relationship in a more therapeutic space and with therapy happening before, after, and in between to really like take what happened in the session and kind of move it forward in someone's life. So it's just like a little bit more comprehensive. So the, the day of in the medicine sessions for the very first session, we typically start with the lozenges because that's like a little bit of a lower, slower entry. It helps us to gauge someone's sensitivity to the medicine, which can really vary. And we do some preparation work beforehand setting an intention for the experience, really helping to like set the scene and get someone ready. And then during the journey, typically clients have uh, music on, specialized music that we put on, on headphones and an eye mask. And this is all to really direct you inward and really help you access what we call the inner healing intelligence and this part within you that really knows what needs to be healed. And I'm there the whole time sort of tracking for like bodily cues to help see where you are in the journey, how deep you are, how sensitive you are, and to just sort of energetically hold space uh, to attend to anything you need. And then as you're coming out and there to immediately start processing what happened. And, you know, this is a time where we can really start picking out just like some gems and things. And then in integration sessions or in your sessions with your therapist, immediately following, like you can really take those themes and draw them out and sort of run with them. So 
that's a little bit of what it looks like on my end. Okay, so so we'll talk about a little bit the experience, which is one besides the fact that I freaked the fuck out beforehand. But so <laughs> first I met with you and you talked me through everything, what this was going to look like. But you also checked in on me. Like one of the things you talked about was like my history of disordered eating and so how I feed myself that morning. Right. And I think you were like really amazing about that, about like, you know, sometimes you can do it on an empty stomach because of your history. I want you to have like a smoothie or something. We talked through a little bit because I'm a sexual assault survivor, like a uh, physical touch. And so you did so much good, I think, trauma-informed consent work with me, which made me feel really safe. And it's one of the reasons why I can be biased because I'm not you. I think that the ketamine assisted psychotherapy is so much more beneficial than just going to a ketamine clinic. Now, I understand some people, if it's through insurance, like there's lots of reasons of why people end up yeah. in what they're doing. I'm very privileged to be able to. It, it is expensive to sit with someone for all that time. But there is something that makes it so safe about the process, right? I'm going into a room. Uh, the room doesn't have windows, which I really, really like. It feels mm. very safe, very secure. We met beforehand. I feel like I had a really good understanding of what it was going to look like. But you don't, once you take the medicine, you don't know what the fuck's going to happen. And you were very honest about that. Is that like, there is, we don't know. We don't know. But it's probably nothing what you think it's going to be. <laughs> yeah. And is that is that true? Like, it wasn't what you expected it to be? I don't even remember what I expected now. But I do know this thing, that this question that we kept getting from people about seeing something scary, I had that coming up. Yes, that's a big question. And the truth is like there, you can see something scary. You can encounter difficult material there. The difference is, first of all, you don't have all of those defenses that come up that tell you that to see that is going to like kill you, right? Like it's, you're just sort of in a different state of mind and typically able to sort of approach it with a little more like equanimity and neutrality but also, you know, the invitation is to trust that if it's coming up there, it's because it's something that needs to be looked at. Mm -hmm. And like that, and it, even if that's not right away, like, but that there is something there that is going to help your healing eventually. Mm -hmm. um, and there's like a reason why it doesn't, you can't face it in sort of ordinary states of yeah. consciousness. Mine was about, I don't even remember this day. My first part with you was about, I was really worried that I was going to see the babies I had lost in miscarriages. Yes. And yeah. I was like, I don't know if I can sit. And I said that beforehand. I was like, if I don't know how I'm going to handle this, I'm worried about the grief that was going to come up. And for mine, it was all about like, I'm going to see somebody else or something. And there's going to be some relational factor. I don't see anyone. <laughs> it's just me. Mm-hmm. And I think that that was something that was so profound that keeps coming back to me again and again when I take the medicine, which is I have made so much of my life about other people and the medicine helps me really be with me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's so I think that's so interesting because I know we've talked about it after every time that, you know, the expectation has been that other people are going to come up during this and they haven't. Yeah, I don't know why I keep doing that. But I think but I think that like that's such a huge theme, you know, and I hear it as you talk because, you know, she'll talk to me after after every ketamine treatment and kind of talks about the experience she has. And I just think it's incredible that you're, you know, you're taking yourself into it and you're anticipating something that doesn't happen. Well, there's a saying how you do cap is how you do life. <laughs> so, ah! <laughs> for whatever that's worth. <laughs> <laughs> You've never told me that. 
that, Jenny? It's <laughs> really going to prep you for, for tomorrow's session. <laughs> yeah. We'll talk about that tomorrow. Shit. <laughs> we'll talk about that tomorrow. That is funny. <laughs> but so, okay, so our fear, let's talk about like, why are people so worried about it? And like, I had the same thing. Like, what do you think that is now that you've done this for so long? I think it's that, you know, the, again, those defenses, those parts of us that that think we're like a lot more vulnerable than we are or, you know, that are going to be destroyed if we access something. And I think also a lot of people have some sense that there is something like deeper and darker and scarier underneath that they're not touching. And so there's either a fear of uncovering something that they didn't even know was there. And then what do you do with that? Which again, there's, there's the benefit of doing it in the context of a therapeutic relationship, right? Or it's just, yeah, those parts of us that really convince us that like to see it would be to re-experience it or to relive it, um, which especially for people with trauma is understandably scary. Yeah. And so, so if, if you have a, a client who's in the room and they are, you know, there are scary things that come up for them. How how do you handle that? How is that contained? Like, what does that look like? I think that might be helpful for people who are kind of going into it. I'm really fearful that this might come up. What does that look like um, in the room? Yeah. I mean, to be honest, it doesn't happen a lot that something scary comes up that feels like intolerable or impossible for someone to face because again you're in this different state where you're able to see it sort of with a little more distance and neutrality and um in ifs terms you're like more in self energy and can sort of see like your parts from a distance and but you know there are a couple different ways depending on sort of what's happening you know i might redirect someone inward if they're yeah, if 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 that, if my sense is that that would help them to really sort of go back in, you know, they're starting to like externalize a lot, or alternatively, using you know consensual gentle touch to like put my hand on someone's arm and let them know you know that I'm there. Another sort of hack that I encourage people to use is you know if something really feels intolerable, you know, you're facing something really uncomfortable, just shifting your body slightly, like can totally sort of change where your mind is in the journey. And so just really empowering people to trust themselves and use their bodies as a tool to like shift their inner state. I am thrilled that the weather is finally warming up here in Philly. I went to switch out my closet the other day from my fall winter wear to my spring summer wear and noticed that I very much needed a refresh. So thank goodness for Quince that allows me to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I refresh my closet with the high-waisted linen shorts that come in multiple colors and patterns, the comfiest cotton tees, and my latest favorite, the smocked mini dress. And don't miss out on their accessories. Quince has the coolest sunglasses and 14 karat gold jewelry to complete any look. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, making me feel even better about my purchases. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash shrinkchicks for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash shrinkchicks to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash shrinkchicks. A really fun fact about me that you might not know is that if I let my hair dry natural, it is a frizzball mess, which is one of the many reasons I absolutely love pros. I truly never thought that I would be able to embrace my natural hair texture. Ever since I switched to a custom hair routine with pros, I've noticed so many benefits. Less frizzy hair, yes, but beyond that too. My hair is shinier, healthier, and so much more manageable. Filming the podcast every week makes checking out my hair unavoidable, and I have felt so much more confident on camera thanks to pros. Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do. The custom shampoo and conditioner combo, plus the hydrating leave-in conditioner and hair oil keeps the frizz at bay. It also makes for the smoothest blowout. People keep asking me if I got my hair cut or went to the salon, which is of course the highest compliment. Pros isn't just better for you. It's better for the planet. They're certified B Corp cruelty free and the first and only carbon neutral custom beauty brand. They even have a review and refine tool, which learns from my feedback and adjusts my formula to keep up with the seasons and changes in my life. I use this feature when I moved to my temporary house in New Jersey, back to my house house post construction project in Pennsylvania. Environmental factors like water source is something that pros takes into consideration with their customization. So it was very cool that I had the ability to update my location. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin, and they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. So you get a free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. That's P-R-O-S-E.com slash shrinkchicks. I mean, as someone who loves control, you do know you're in a room. Like, it's not like you have totally... I had a really horrible experience once in Amsterdam. <laughs> I didn't Same. think I'd tell the story, but... but like, yes, right? Every yeah, person all? who was ever like, I'm going to go to Amsterdam and I'm going to do shrooms and it's always horrible, right? So I had this really horrible experience where I was sitting in the back of a cafe after, you know, not intentionally or consciously using substances, and I'm writing in the notes in my phone with a Blackberry... You took a drug. This is not real. <laughs> this will go away. Like, I'm literally sitting there, like, w- like chalking myself down. So, like, w- even, like, when I do my cap, I'm sitting there, like, I'm aware I'm in a room. Like, where there, like there's, I'm aware of where I am. I'm not, to- I'm, like, not really aware of the time or, like, a lot of other stuff. But, like, it doesn't feel so scary and so out of control and so out of massive loss. But you feel, the word that I said after my first appointment was, I feel free. And that is not a word that I often use to describe how I feel. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's not something I have experienced a lot in my life, feeling free. Yeah. I love that you touched on that, Em, because I do think if people have had bad trips in the past, (laughs) right, that there is a fear of like this, the same thing's going to come back up or, but it's, there's such a kind of safety in this that is not present right when you're in Amsterdam doing shrooms (laughs) with like people you don't know I mean like right right because there's um Jenny people talk about like in the psychedelics community like set and setting can you talk about that a little bit yeah yeah set and setting um really can't like 
overstate the importance. So set is mindset and setting is sort of the environment around it. And just as you're describing, these totally influence the experience, like on a unconscious level, you know, just knowing that you're, you know, safe and contained. And, and that's sort of why, you know, we do like multiple preparatory sessions leading up to it. People often want to jump right to the medicine. And I'm like, I don't think you understand how, how important it is that you feel safe with me going into this, that that's going to directly influence your experience. And dose is the other big part of it. And that's why we, you know, why I said to you, like, first time can be kind of anticlimactic, like it's really a dosing session. Because there are doses of ketamine at which you can have like full, you know, ego dissolution, like sort of beyond where you wouldn't know you're in the room. And that could be really scary. Not always, it's not always scary, but it could be for some people. Um, But so we work up in dosage in a really intentional way to find, you know, the sweet spot for someone. And again, that's like all the value of doing it in sort of a contained setting with medical providers. So, okay. So let me talk about, I guess I think people, so the first time we ever did it, we did the lozenge. Yes. And the lozenge, so I think you explained to me that it's absorbed through your mucous membranes. Yes, exactly. The lozenges are kind of everyone's least favorite way of taking the medicine, (laughs) but they're like a really nice entry point. Yeah. So because essentially you have to hold them in your mouth for 15 plus minutes, but typically 15 minutes and they start to dissolve and you have to hold the saliva in your mouth and sort of occasionally swish it around because that transmits the medicine through the oral mucosa, the mucous membranes in the mouth. Um, And then at the 15 minutes, we have you spit it out. If it's a small amount, you can swallow, but that extra bump when it hits your GI tract is not always pleasant. So (laughs) I usually have people just spit it out. And then since then, we have done the IM. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So IM is more, it's a little more direct. It comes on more quickly. Tends to be a little bit more like, vivid visuals and colors and synesthesia, sort of the merging of the sounds of the music with the visuals tends to be a little less narrative thought content than mm-hmm. with the lozenges, which both have sort of their like pros and cons or like just their benefits, not necessarily cons, but just sort of different uses. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are some people that work with ketamine at what's called a psycholytic dose, which is where you take a lower dose, a much lower dose, and do therapy just while on that super low dose. So it's just sort of like opens you up gently more for the therapeutic session. Mm -hmm. Is there anyone that you would recommend doesn't do ketamine treatments? Typically, you know, if someone is manic or has like a history of mania, we want to be really careful and make sure that that's really kind of controlled or that, you know, you're not engaging with the treatment while manic. As far as mental health, that's like one of the bigger rule outs. There are other things there I would look, you know, but just sort of broadly, um, that's one. And then physically, like high blood pressure is a contraindication. So it just, again, needs to be controlled while undergoing the treatment. So if your history is there, we have to kind of manage that. What if someone has a past history of addiction? Great question. Um, Not a rule out. And in fact, ketamine can be really supportive in addiction recovery. Um, 
ketamine does have addictive potential. And I, I hate when I hear people, you know, who stand to benefit from like denying that and say like ketamine's not addictive, like it is, but not so much in the sense of, you know, physiological withdrawal, like you, you know, or a physiological dependence, like with opioids, but if it's not being used intentionally, right, we can get addicted to the experience of just escaping and just using something to get out of ourselves and not feel. And, you know, we can get addicted to that experience in lots of ways. Um, Social media. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. Like talk about. Yeah. Rage posting on social media is probably a big way people are currently blacking out everything. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Right. So it's definitely, you know, something to be aware of when someone comes in with that history and to be really honest about it. And there are certain like considerations we might take, but um, definitely not a rule out. Yeah. Okay. I'm wondering, um, uh, it feels important for me to talk a little bit because I, I, people don't talk about this enough, which is passive suicidal ideation. It's something I have dealt with my whole life, but specifically um, since having my daughter, it's been something that's been there. And I think that people are so uncomfortable to talk about this and feel ashamed to talk about this, especially when they're high achieving, you know, or parents Mm -hmm. or something. Right. And it feels like, well, why should you have those thoughts? Or if you're not that depressed, right? All these indicators for me, I have had one percent compared to like the daily that I had before. Mm. Right. That is the number one thing the cap has really been unbelievably beneficial for. Is there research about that? What would you say in terms of that? Because it's been an alarming difference for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's um, that's amazing. And that's something I hear a lot from folks like that. I didn't even realize I was living with this until I experienced not living with it all the time. And absolutely. I think treatment resistant depression, which, you know, is really just depression that hasn't responded to like (laughs) therapy and medication, which is a lot of depression. (laughs) Um, So treatment resistant depression and specifically that sort of suicidal, you know, element, I think are where ketamine can like really shine in particular. And yeah, I hear that often and it's, um, it's so powerful. It's, Mm -hmm. it's really amazing. Yeah. And I, I, when you were speaking earlier about, um, we were saying like, who's a good candidate for this, you know, because I know there's a lot of talk around it being treatment resistant depression. And I think there's a lot of ideas around that has to be like my last option, right? Mm -hmm. I have to try everything else before I do this. But the way in which you're, you're speaking about it, that's not the case, that it can be something that you do also alongside of taking antidepressants or that it doesn't have to be one or the other, or you don't have to wait until the end. And so I'm wondering if you could speak to that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I absolutely agree. I think, and I, I don't know exactly sort of how that came to be this idea that it's sort of a last resort, probably just because it is newer and there is all this like stigma and fear around it. And a lot of people in the field still don't really know how they feel about psychedelics. And, but I mean, I totally agree. It's, it shouldn't be a last resort. I think it's a beautiful, you know, why make people go through? All, right, like all right. of these why sort of suffered options. Why? Yeah, suffer. why suffer? Yeah. I feel like it, because of insurance companies. Insurance, and it's expensive. <laughs> like yes. 
and I, you know, and I get it, you know, it's a big, and it's expensive because of the time sessions are three hours. Right. And, um, and there are multiple medical providers involved. And so in that sense, I think for a lot of people, it's like a last resort because, yeah. you know, that's, um, an understandable like, big commitment of resources, but right. If like, if we could eliminate the cost issue, it should not, it should be like a frontline treatment. It should be an option for people to explore different levels of consciousness and get to know themselves on these different levels. And I've certainly had the experience with psychedelics and I've heard lots of people say this of accomplishing more in a single psychedelic experience than I've accomplished in a year or years of therapy. And again, that's not to put down, you know, I feel like we're all doing the best we can. Yeah, yes. Like I, you know, I remember having an experience once with psilocybin of like, oh, that's what I'm trying to do as a therapist. Like it, but it takes so much longer when you're working through people's defenses. And yes. mm-hmm. it's like you just to have this open field where you can make these connections and see things more clearly. And why would we not give people that option? Absolutely. 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 So, so, well, I'm wondering, um, so a few people had asked in about microdosing on their own and you probably, I know, I know that there's, we can get into the legality stuff, but the reality is, is people are doing this. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts about that or any advice for it? Yeah. So I assume you're talking about psilocybin because most yes. people microdose psilocybin and right. It's not legal. So there is that. And, you know, I can't proactively you know, <laughs> recommend doing it, but I know there are people doing it and I would recommend getting support around it. There are like microdosing coaches and people that can really support you in that work. Cause I think it's the same thing as yeah, this idea that like we have to do it on our own and like figure it out on our own. There are people that are really experienced with these tools and these medicines that can support you. So how long would you say the kind of antidepressant effects last from a ketamine treatment? How often would you recommend people going? What does that look like in terms of amount of treatment and then, you know, what you do afterwards? Yeah. So there are some sort of immediate, just biological antidepressant effects that typically wear off. Like within a few days, people often report like feeling really calm after and, you know, just generally like better for a few days, but it does wear off, which is why we really emphasize the integration piece and sort of taking what happened and like really doing something with it. There are, though, also cumulative effects, and typically around six sessions with the medicine is a good, like, first course of treatment, get a feel for it. For some people, that's it, and, like, they don't really ever feel like they need any more. Some people might return at some point and um, do, like, a booster session here or there. Frequency really varies. You know, the sort of standard in the field that's often recommended is like twice a week for three weeks interspersed with integration sessions and preparation sessions. I feel like that's a lot to ask of people. Like you sort you have of to like to... take a break from work. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> there, you know, right. Exactly. Cause yeah, you also don't want to like go back to work right after you want to give yourself space. And so I think that's not necessarily like therapeutic to sort of force people into that. Right. I think if someone's really maybe like in crisis and has the time and space to do it. That's great. But 
yeah, so I tend to see people more like every other week to every like once a month, Emily, like you're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd be interested to hear for you sort of how that feels. But yeah, I try to really tailor it more to what works for people. But I also have weekly therapy and I'm on SSRIs. Um, Zoloft. You know, the the real love of my life. Um, But um, you have a Zoloft tattoo. She does. It's amazing. amazing. (laughs) You have to send her a picture. Show her next time. I'll show you tomorrow. (laughs) We have lots. Uh, Yes, we do. Um, So I do monthly. I think that it's great. There are sometimes this past month, like some hard stuff coming up that I was like, I wish that I had done it every other week. But it is. It is definitely a commitment. Also, you're not supposed to drive afterwards. So like, right, if I lived in South Philly still, I'd be like, I'm going to come every fucking week. Right. With coming out from the suburbs and stuff, I think a month, once a month works really well. Probably when I first came in, I wish that I had done it every other week at the beginning, Mm -hmm. I would say. Like looking back now, but this feels good and it's something I'm going to keep up with for a while. Mm Yep. Yep. Without an out plan. Okay, I want to know because you know we always need we always need a hook at the end of the episode. <laughs> um, I want to know what is the most amazing before we get to calling BS. What's the most amazing thing you've seen psychedelic assisted therapy do? I mean, I've seen it save lives. Like to, and I'm not you know that's not an exaggeration. I have a, a good friend who like I asked for sort of permission to you know share about and. And similarly, like, you know, from the outside, great career, like friends, you know, has a great life. She was severely depressed and suicidal or living with that suicidal ideation. And she's like a different person, you know, it's, and she's still depressed, by the way, like, you know, these things don't like just the, you know, solve everything. They don't, they can't like fundamentally change sort of who we are. Although I think they can like really start to rewire our brain in a good way. But yeah, she's just like so much more able to function in her life. I, I like hear a different person on the phone and, you know, I see similar things in clients, just this like opening start to happen or people that are so closed off normally, like you just get an opening and access that you don't always get so oh yeah I mean I and I have clients too who have done ketamine assisted psychotherapy and it is has completely transformed our work that's amazing completely it's such just an incredible supplement to to therapy yeah I I think that's a really important point that right it lets you do like better therapy you know again it's not just that like this is going to, this can replace therapy now. Like, I mean, doing a a ketamine session the day before your regular therapy session is ideal. Like it just lets, you know, there's this opening and this access and that's awesome to hear that experience. Oh yeah. So now we want to get into calling BS. I hope, did we prep you for this? Yes. Okay, perfect. (laughs) Thank God. But and when always, you say us, I'm always ready to call you. Okay, when, perfect. And perfect. when we say us, we obviously mean Nikki because Not we, us. Jen and I have complete learned helplessness now. Nikki have, runs our lives. <laughs> We're like, Nikki, can you send this email for us? Oh my God. Like, really type Where do more. I get a Nikki? Yes, right. I know. I, we get that question like once I know, a week from someone. I know. She's, she should be cloned. So call some bullshit. Yeah. So, I mean, sort of along the lines of what we were just talking about, my biggest sort of pet peeve is 
when psychedelics are presented as these like silver bullets, cure all, like, you know, gonna, this is it, like you won't ever like feel anything bad again, you know, these are not any of that. It's not a quick fix. It's not a cure all. It's um, an invitation to go way deeper and into darker crevices and like pull out what's there. And not every, you know, not every medicine is for everyone. And, you know, that's really important too, to know. And that um, like any intervention, like you really have to do your research, you have to find the right set and setting and person and dose. And so again, yeah, this idea that these are just quick fix, cure all, like no one's going to feel badly again. You know, the world is hard and you're going to leave your session and go back out to your family and your job and the world. And um, this is a tool and it's a really powerful tool, but it's a tool. And um, we have to, I think we, meaning like providers have to be really responsible in how we're presenting this and offering it. So. Oh my God, Jenny. Amazing. Thank you so much. I can't even tell you how helpful and informative this is. I mean, I just think it's going to do wonders for our listeners that are therapists, our listeners that are thinking about getting into this. Um, So thank you so much. How can people find you? And hear you on your podcast. And hear you on your podcast. Thank you, my my little baby podcast. Yeah, I have a little podcast called Integrating Psychedelics that is all about the different aspects of psychedelic integration. And I'm on Instagram, although I'm a little quieter on there these days. And my website, Homebody Therapy, are all great places to get in touch. Amazing. Well, while you're not Googling how to microdose on your own, we invite you to rate, (laughs) review, and subscribe. Always a five star. If not, maybe go take a pill. Um, We can't wait to see you next week. Don't forget, you can always watch our full episodes on YouTube. You can check us out on Treat Chicks or work with one of our amazing clinicians at the therapy group. And don't forget that to grow yourself, you got to know yourself. We'll see you next week. Thanks so much. 